Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Have you ever tried to help someone that didn't really want to be helped? You ever tried to give advice to someone that didn't want to hear it? Wouldn't listen? It doesn't work very well. You can't really help people that don't want to change, put forth the effort, hear what you have to say. Because of this little thing called free will, everybody has it. We can't compel anyone to do anything. We can't force people to do what we want them to do. And as hard as it is sometimes, you can't help someone that doesn't really want to be helped. And that same reality is true when it comes to our faith and our relationship with God. Because even God, God Almighty, the creator of the universe, cannot save someone who doesn't want to be saved. Can't forgive someone who doesn't want to be forgiven or doesn't think there's anything they need to be forgiven for. Because God has given us our free will and he never violates it. He respects it even more than we do. The fathers of the church would say that God created you without you, but he will not save you without you, without your cooperation, without your assenting to his will. He forces his love upon no one. It is freely offered, but it must be freely received. In our gospel, we have uh, one of the most... um, Familiar episodes that we find in the Gospels, Jesus working one of his miraculous healings. He cures a deaf man and enables a a mute man to speak. It's one of the most common uh, healings in in particular that Jesus would do. He would uh, open the eyes of the blind and he would open the ears of the deaf. Why did he do that so often? Because that was one of the prophecies about the Messiah. We heard that in the first reading from Isaiah, that God promised that when he came to deliver his people, the eyes of the blind would be opened and the deaf would hear and the mute would speak and the lame would walk. And all throughout his public ministry, Jesus is working those miraculous healings, restoring people physically. And today we have this episode where uh, people bring a deaf man to Jesus to be healed. But what if, what if for some reason or another, that man had not have been willing to go to Jesus, if he didn't want to be healed, if he didn't want to put forth the effort? What if he was lazy and wasn't willing to make the trip? What if he was busy, had, had more important things to do, didn't have time for that? What if... Uh, He didn't really have faith in Jesus, didn't believe he'd be able to heal him. And we know in other places in the gospel that without that faith, Jesus was unable to work his miracles because he wouldn't force it upon anyone. What if the blind man thought to himself, "Why, why should I have to physically go to Jesus? If God wants to heal me, why can't he do it just right now at home in private? 
What if in some kind of strange way he had gotten so used to being deaf that he didn't think anything was wrong with him? He had become so acclimated to his illness that he didn't think he needed healing. Well, we all know what would have happened if he hadn't have gone, if he hadn't have had faith, if he hadn't have been willing to be helped, to be healed, it wouldn't have happened. But my friends, isn't that what we do? Every time we don't go to confession, or we don't go as often as we know we probably should, we make excuses. I don't have time. I'm busy. Ah, it's not worth the effort. I'll go next week. I'll go next month. I'll go next time. I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm a, I'm a pretty good person, right? I'm okay. I don't, I don't need to go to confession. But why do I have to go to the priest? Why can't God just forgive me? Why do I have to make the effort? Why do I have to go talk to the priest? Why, why, why? But, but, but. We make excuses. But when we make those excuses, we prevent... Jesus from accomplishing the very reason he came to earth, which was not to heal people physically. That's not why Jesus came. That was merely a sign to reveal to people who he was, to let them know that he truly was the Messiah. But that's not why he came. He came to heal us spiritually, he came to forgive our sins. He came to reconcile us with God. But he cannot do that without us. Without our willingness, without our cooperation, without us wanting to be saved and healed and forgiven. And my friends, every single one of us needs to be healed. We are not okay. All of us, we are sinners, we are broken, we have weaknesses and flaws. We're not perfect. And we're all in this together. But God in his mercy has sent us the remedy for our illness, for our sinfulness, for our selfishness. He has sent us the remedy. He has come for us, for we who are in need of a savior. We must never forget something Jesus said in the Gospels. He said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. But when we think to ourselves, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I don't, I don't do what such and such does. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. What do we do when we do that? We put ourselves in the camp of the well and the righteous when we think to ourselves how good we are. Well, Jesus said that's not who he came for. Because if we don't acknowledge our need of being saved, we don't acknowledge our need of a Savior. And so it's in acknowledging and accepting our illness our brokenness that we allow Jesus to heal us and transform us and save us. But we have to want his help. We have to want his healing. We have to cooperate 
with his work. And Jesus comes as our divine physician to bring about this transformation, this inner healing in the depths of our soul. And he gives us in the sacraments, and especially the sacrament of confession, the very most potent medicine he could offer. It's the strongest medicine that we have as Catholics to receive the forgiveness and the mercy and the healing of God. But the doctor can give you the medicine, but you have to take it. Christ has given us this gift. We have to accept it and receive it and take advantage of it. And not just once. We are in constant need of healing because we're constantly failing. We're constantly falling short. All of us are. And so we need regular medicine to keep us spiritually healthy. We don't just receive the sacraments once. We receive them often. Communion every Sunday because we need that regular infusion of God's grace and God's strength. But likewise, confession should be received regularly so that we can stay strong and avoid sin. That's why the church requires us as the bare minimum to go once a year. But that's the bare minimum. And if we're striving to truly grow in our faith and in our love for God, we will go more often than that. You could maybe think of another analogy. Think of sin as a spiritual poison that every single one of us is infected by. And it robs us of our strength and of our health and of our life. Confession's the antidote. But what happens if we stop taking it? The poison will get stronger and stronger. And as I've mentioned to you before a few months ago, when we go to confession, which is primarily there for our grave sins, but not only them, it's very, very, very beneficial to confess venial sins. But our grave sins need to be confessed in kind and in number. We have to name what we've done. We can't beat around the bush. We can't sugarcoat it. We have to take responsibility to name the sin and to the best of your ability to say how many times you've done it since your last confession, which as I also mentioned last time, is a lot easier if you go to confession regularly. Right? But we need to be totally vulnerable and open and honest to reveal to Jesus what's ailing us. If you go to the doctor and don't tell him the symptoms or if you leave some of them out, he's not going to be able to help you. Likewise, with Christ, we have to be 100% honest and transparent. I mentioned two weeks ago that many of the sexual sins that people struggle with in our society today, those are grave sins that need to be confessed, and I'll be explaining those in more detail. Missing Mass through our own fault. We could have gone and we chose not to. It's a grave sin that must be confessed. But... Don't think you're off the hook if you don't struggle with those sins. There's a lot of other ones as well. What about gossip? Now, there's a, a form of gossip that is a, a kind of a venial sin, the everyday, ordinary, where we just kind of pass on things that we shouldn't. But there's another type of gossip that I think we all recognize. It's malicious. It's judgmental. It's hateful. It truly tries to tear a person down. 
to destroy their name or their reputation or their image. And that type of gossip is a grave sin. Lack of forgiveness, holding on, being unwilling to let go and forgive. Jesus has some very stern things to say about those who will not forgive their neighbor. And I know it's hard, but we have to be willing. And God's grace will do the rest. In our second reading, St. James talked about judging people rashly based upon their outward appearance or their status in life, their wealth or their position. How often do we go around judging people? We need to be confessing our sins. All of us have them. And all of us need to be bringing them to confession so that we can receive strength and healing and grace. And if you think you don't have any sins to confess, I suggest you take a little more time in prayer and honestly examine your conscience before the Lord. Because I guarantee you there's something there. Get your hands on a good examination of conscience. Learn more about the Ten Commandments. If you don't think there's things that you're actually doing, what about the things you're not doing? Sins of omission. Acts that you're failing to do that God is asking of you. What about your words? Things that you say, the way that you talk, the people that you talk about. What about your thoughts? All of us are sinful. And we talk about this not to make ourselves feel bad, any more than a doctor talks about medicine to make his patients feel bad. Because we have to talk about it, we have to know about it, we have to recognize it. So that we can know what needs to be healed in us. So that we can know what to avoid. Because Christ came to set us free, to give us life and health and love and joy. And sin is an obstacle to all of that. And so he came to take it away. He came to forgive it and to heal it. There is no sin that he will not forgive, that he does not want to forgive. The only sin that God can't forgive is the one that we're not willing to ask for forgiveness for or don't think we need to. But if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he is there always to forgive us and heal us and to give us new life.